0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: This podcast is part of a partnership between TEDx St Kilda and 3CR Radio. I'm Squirrel May, and in this podcast, we hear an interview with TEDx speaker Dr. Stefan Fote from the Boston Consulting Group, discussing learning. Okay, what's knowledge, and then what's knowing?
0: Okay, great point. So knowledge, I would like to define it as sort of stable, something that's very often codified. So I work in a professional service firm. We codify a lot of knowledge, sort of information on paper, um, as opposed to knowing, which really is what happens in your head when you do something, when you, when you have intuition. So that's, for me, like the perfect example. A lot of people are able to behave intuitive, intuitively, but they can't describe what they're doing. So they have knowing without having any knowledge and then there is the other way around where people have lots of knowledge but aren't able to process it properly
1: (laughs) (laughs) we won't get into budget discussions here today Okay, so you gave an example of in your talk about an expert Bob
0: yeah.
1: and, and Bob the expert, was just a wizard at what he did in his company, and his company really wanted to translate that, pass that on to the next generation, that sort of thing and One of the stories you talked about is how he could observe someone blinking and take that to their advantage. Now, could you tell me more like can you be specific like what was Bob? doing?
0: That's a great point. So Bob was doing a lot of things, but a lot of the stuff we don't see (laughs) because it happens inside his mind. So he is a great negotiator. So he would just read a room instantly and very subtly. And then he would just make very quick and tough decisions on how to negotiate, how far you can go and how not. So the interesting piece is there wasn't much to observe. So, because he was so quick in making decisions, so he couldn't see much from the inside, from the outside. And interestingly, if you ask him afterwards, so Bob, what did you think? <laughs> he had nothing to answer because there was nothing. It was pure intu- intuition. He said, "Well, I just." saw a hesitation and he felt like, okay, this hesitation can't be more than 0.1 second because I didn't notice it. I guess that's the that's the magic of experts, that so much stuff happens unconsciously and so fluidly in a situation that you don't see it and actually they themselves don't see it. And still we want to teach it.
1: And when Bob saw hesitation, did he then push people harder, like drive the price up or did he go easier?
0: It's with any expertise. It's very context sensitive. So most of the time he would push harder. But sometimes he would use a hesitation to make friends. He would exploit any hesitation to his advantage, even though the advantage is not always immediate return in financial figures.
1: You talk a lot in your discussion how experts don't always make good teachers. But does that mean that non-experts or near novices are actually the best teachers? Or is it better to teach the expert?
0: Oh, that's oh, that's an interesting way of framing it. No, we know that for great teachers, two things must come together. One is a subject matter expertise, so you can't be a novice in the subject you're talking about. Otherwise, you you just learn some theories by heart without really understanding them, embracing them, and pass them on. So that's <laughs> I get bad bad practice. And you have to be good at teaching your stuff. I guess I wanted to raise awareness that being an expert is not enough to being a great teacher. And actually, it's quite a big ask. Even if we ask people to teach within their subject something they are good at, it's still quite a, a unique challenge. And it came to me quite as a surprise because you feel like, okay, these guys are so good at doing it. Why can't they talk about it? But then you realize, well, it's not that easy. It's just a good starting point and a necessary starting point to be an expert. And then comes a whole lot of stuff you need to be good at as well. That's why I come in. To help them
1: so how do you help them
0: so i'm an instructional designer that means i team up with experts who are asked to to teach mostly in a corporate setting we work through their expertise and we capture what they are able to do <laughs> because most of the time experts don't know how good they are at stuff and what they do so you sort of build a not a library that's that's too codified but sort of you get an understanding of what what really like drives the success and then i help them with okay um given our, our target group, what is it we want to achieve? What do they need to know? What exercises do we do we need to put in front of them that we don 't talk to them all the time because um so basically i 'm the advocate of the learner uh, when there is still room to negotiate <laughs> if it <that> makes <laughs> sense because very often if experts just go on their own it 's too dense it 's too knowledge heavy it 's just a lecture while i'm more to i 'm into making it very interactive, very lean so that people can absorb all the things.
1: What's one of your favorite
0: activities to do? I really like role plays. Most people are opposed to role plays, but if they are good, everybody's on board afterwards. <laughs> so it's like I like this sort of process people go through from resistance to buying in and then learning because I always pitch to them that a role play allows you to be someone else <laughs> and you can actually role play your meanest the meanest part of you and see how other people react so there is a lot of like just personal learning involved and once people grasp that that's always very very interesting and productive
1: i'm picturing a bunch of people playing out the meanest part of them to their boss (laughs) for you let's just talk Mm -hmm. about the ted talk for one moment so you're up on stage now you've confessed this is one of your first times on radio now what was it like giving the actual ted talk
0: it was a fantastic experience. So I'm used to speaking in front of people. I did some lecture for a couple, for a couple of years at university settings. So I felt like, okay, I wing it. Um, rightfully so, the TEDx people sort of took us through a very rigorous process with rehearsals and stuff. And you got mic'd up. So it was very exciting. And then you get on stage and I have barely any memory kind of speaking for 15 minutes to the people I was so in the zone I remember just before the talk I was walking around like a lion in a cage felt like let me out let me out let me out but then on stage I was just so switched on I still remember seeing a flash a very bright light (laughs) into my face and I was met the only thing I remember is that I was met by an extreme wave of attention so i thought more i would be more like a corporate clown kind of engaging people um exciting them while when i when i got on stage kind of there was this wave of attentiveness sort of hitting me and it took me like one or two minutes to adjust because (laughs) it changed my game plan and the second memory i have was i screwed up this saying the proof of the pudding isn't it eating? Something along those lines. And I completely screwed it up. And I looked at the audience and I felt like, okay, you didn't get it anyway.
1: So where to next for you? You, You're at Boston Consulting Group right now. Is that correct? If you had your dream trajectory of things to do next with this knowledge and knowing, what would come next?
0: I'm increasingly interested in probably taking it from uh, from knowledge to knowing to identity, to personality. I mean, not so much from a scientific perspective, but more from a worldview perspective so um, I'm fascinated with leadership what I find in most firms when people become leaders uh, it's not about your skills it's sort of like how your personality binds all your skills and capabilities together if you, if you aren't in a good leadership role you can sort of fake some stuff <laughs> while when you become a leader it's really about you as a person so that's for me a fascinating thing that I'd just like to to better understand and embrace that actually it's a very personal thing to become a leader in any organization.
1: And that's you're saying it's a little bit – you can fake less because it's actually more about your personality than about skills or exactly. getting by.
0: Yeah, oh. because – and and I don't know. That's probably more on a personal note. But what I'm realizing increasingly is the way you lead yourself is the way you lead others. So <laughs> kind of if you're hard on yourself, you will be hard on others and vice versa. So I'm just fascinated by this into relationship you have with with yourself and with others, and I guess that's where it plays into the leadership piece. If you don't come to peace with yourself, you won't come to peace with your with your team, and probably you will leverage—that's a consultant term—you will use the games you play with yourself to play with your employees and your team members. So that's something I'm just very excited about. It gets a bit yeah, into psychology. It's like psychotherapy. Yeah. Honestly, isn't it? <laughs>
1: So everybody who wants to become a business yeah. leader needs to go get counseling yeah. Yeah. Is what would, no, <laughs> or become I, Buddhist.
0: Yeah, yeah. or become Buddhist. But Buddhist is a good thing, um, maybe on the subject of TED Talk. It struck me that it was really hard to break down what I have to say in 15 minutes for a general audience. And it reminds me of the Buddhist who basically reject the notion of teaching or reject the notion of, like, scripting out something and, and reading it to an audience. So I guess the next level is is rather to answer questions. And the third level is then not to answer questions, but to say, well, I can't tell you. I can only put you in situations where you can learn it. So I thought about the Buddhist thing when I did uh, the TED Talk.
1: Put us in situations where we can learn. Well, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your knowledge with us. Definitely appreciate it. Um uh, yeah, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful but very rainy rest of day. <laughs> Thank
0: you very much. It's been Thanks. my pleasure. Thank you.
1: You've just been listening to Dr. Stefan Fote from the Boston Consulting Group. Stefan was a speaker who took part in the March 2015 TEDx St. Kilda Talk. You can hear Stefan's TED Talk as well as talks of other great speakers at TEDxStKilda.com. This interview originally aired on 3CR Radio on the 13th of May, 2015 and is part of a partnership between 3CR and TEDx St Kilda. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.